This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, everybody, it's Lon Sivan, and it's time for your weekly wrap-up. And I want to begin first, as we always do, by thanking our newest Patreon supporters, this week, we've got Studio 35 and Matt Jeske, who gave via the tip jar. I want to thank everyone who contributed to the Patreon this week and everyone who's been contributing on an ongoing basis, as well as everyone who watches, just like you, uh, every week as well, because all of those things equal channel growth. And of course, we're entering the uh, holiday shopping season here in the United States, and that usually is the uh, biggest period of growth for the channel. So if you are uh, out there trying to give gift suggestions to friends of yours, if you can send them my way for some video reviews, that would certainly be helpful to uh, really take advantage of this period of growth for the channel. And we've got a new sponsor on the wrap-up this week, but a familiar one to most of you, and that is Plex and the Plex Pass. As I mentioned, we are entering the gift-giving season, and if you are uh, looking to build your holiday list, for example, I've got a link for you here on screen called Plex Gift uh, that you can send to family and friends to get them to buy you a Plex Pass subscription, or uh, you can buy one yourself at lon.tv slash plexpass. Now, Plex, of course, is one of my favorite media streaming applications because it gives you uh, the ability to kind of run your own personal cloud service where you store all of your media uh, at home, and then you can access that media anywhere in the world, and Plex will dynamically uh, resize that content so you can get it onto your devices. And, of course, the Plex Pass adds a lot more functionality to that, including, and here's a sort of a short list of things, uh, the DVR feature, which we've talked a lot about, which includes live TV watching. And by the way, you can watch TV live even when you're not at home with your mobile devices, which is pretty cool. Uh, You also get access to Plex Cloud, where you can uh, store your stuff in the cloud and play it back anywhere with no local server running. They have mobile sync for offline viewing, free Plex apps as well, because if you are on the free tier of Plex, you can use the uh, mobile apps, but many of them cost money depending on which platform you're on. If you are a Plex Pass subscriber, all of the Plex apps are free. So I want to thank Plex for their long-term support of the channel. I think they've been a sponsor now for about a year, and they're uh, expanding that support now with a uh, monthly ad here on the wrap-up as well. So please join me in thanking them down in the comments below, and definitely check out a Plex Pass if you're ready to upgrade. So this week on the Extras channel, we had a light week just because I had a bunch of stuff going on on the main channel. Uh, We did tear down the Onda C2 70 all-in-one PC that I reviewed last week, and I also unboxed the Moto X4, which is a mid-range smartphone from Motorola. It's unlocked here in the United States and works across all of the major carriers, and we'll be having a full review of that one uh, hopefully coming up this week on the main channel. Now, last week on the main channel, we did review that Onda C270 all-in-one from GearBest. I'll have a little bit more to talk about on that in a second. We also looked at the Blue S1. Uh, We took a look at live TV on Roku with Plex, with one of those Plex Pass subscriptions. You can check out that. We actually ran it on uh, the $29 Roku Express, and we also used the Express Plus to uh, get that Plex content onto a CRT television. So if you want to go back in time uh, and use your old TV in the garage or something, you can get one of those Roku Expresses and uh, have access to a lot of your uh, Plex content on your old television. Pretty cool stuff. 
And I gave you my thoughts on the Super SNES Classic, which I've been enjoying playing with and uh, pontificated as to why I think it is so wildly popular. And you can check out that review and let me know if you agree with me on that or not. And I do have one follow-up this week on the Honda C270 that we reviewed. That was an all-in-one uh, PC that we got in from GearBest. And two folks thought that it really wasn't worth my time to review it or were theirs for that matter. And I did struggle with whether or not to actually shoot a review about this computer. But uh, at the end of the day, there was two things that I felt like made this worthy of at least talking about. Uh, the first is the processor inside of it. It is running with a Celeron chip, but it's not one of these low-powered Celeron chips. It's a chip based on uh, the mainline core architecture from Intel. So this is a, a seventh-generation KB Lake processor. It is in the same family as the i3, the i5s, and the i7s that we look at all the time, but it is slower than the i3 version. So it's not a speed demon, but compared to the tech glass computer we looked at that was in a very similar casing, uh, this one actually is uh, pretty darn fast in comparison. And I did like the overall performance of it, even if it didn't perform so great with Windows with the audio issues that we had with it. And I also felt like as I was working my way through evaluating it, that it did run Ubuntu pretty nicely. I know a lot of folks are looking for kind of a cheap all-in-one solution for running Linux. And this might be a fun way to play with it if you're looking for something that doesn't take up a lot of room and uh, you just want to be able to turn something on and get uh, the computer working here. So that was why I decided to stick with the review. Not a very high quality device, but I did like the processor inside and there might be some useful benefits for running Linux on it. And uh, part of what I like to do is just explore stuff. And every once in a while we get something that uh, is a home run all the way across the board. And sometimes you get like a base hit, which is what I think this is. Nothing great, but uh, not terrible either. And now it's time for some news. And this story was sent to me by a viewer. I think Saturn Otaku sent this my way. Uh, there is a keyboard that comes from China called the Mantis Tech GK2. And apparently inside of this keyboard is a key logger that will record all of your keystrokes and apparently send data back to China. I'm guessing it's doing it through its configuration software or something. And it just goes to show you, you know, how scary things can be in this era because even our keyboards and peripherals have processors in them that are likely faster than uh, the computers that I had growing up and they can do uh, terrible things like what's happening here. So you definitely want to be careful with some of the uh, key components of your computers, especially uh, buying these cheap third-party keyboards because sometimes they're doing stuff that you may not be aware of. I've been very weary of a lot of these wireless keyboards and mice that come in from China because they come with a little dongle that doesn't encrypt the traffic from uh, the keyboard back to the uh, receiver unit. So it's possible to intercept that communication if somebody is in the vicinity of your keyboard. But here we've got a wired keyboard apparently doing the same thing through its internal firmware. Uh, so buyer beware. Definitely check out that article link below to uh, read more about that problem. And this next story really interested me, and I missed it last week. It looks like Intel and AMD are going to pair up and create a new processor package that will have a graphics component from AMD and a CPU component from Intel. Basically, uh, each company's strengths are going to be coming together into a single package here. And I would imagine this would be used on laptops and maybe some all-in-one PCs. And uh, obviously, it's not going to be a replacement for a discrete GPU, but it will certainly be better than the Intel graphics have been on their own. And in our own testing here on the channel, when we've looked at some of these AMD processors, we found that their integrated graphics were better than the Intel graphics, but the CPU performance was often a little behind where Intel was at. Uh, this looks like a really nice pairing where we can get kind of the best of both worlds in a uh, single small device, and I'm really eager to see what comes out of this relationship. 
Uh, they're doing this because NVIDIA continues to uh, gain market share in uh, the graphics area. And of course, as we're seeing with the Nintendo Switch, they've made a, a mobile processor that performs really quite nicely. It's the same chip that's in their NVIDIA Shield TV, but made portable. And I would guess this is probably a, a response to that. It might be a hint that maybe uh, NVIDIA is going to be coming up with their own uh, single chip solution that integrates a CPU and graphics as well. So that could be why they're doing this, or maybe they're anticipating that happening and uh, looking to get out ahead of it. So this is going to be a, a fun thing to watch, and competition, as always, is very good for us consumers, even when two competitors get together for a limited project like this. And now it's time for some Q&A from you, the viewers, and we got a fun observation in here from Paul Peebler, uh, who noted that during my review of the iPhone 10, I was talking about how Face ID worked, and I said that uh, your kids couldn't unlock your phone while you were sleeping because you have to have at least one eye open when you unlock the phone, and that eye has to be opened by itself and not with a kid prying it open, for example. Uh, one of the problems with the current fingerprint stuff is that a kid could come over while you're sleeping and uh, unlock a phone to make a purchase or something like that. And he uh, references the fact that every 20-something tech YouTuber was saying that uh, your bae, whatever that means, can't check your Instagram DMs while you sleep, and I referred to children. But this was a fun question to get because it did prompt me to dig into my analytics once again. And this time I looked at the age breakdown of who watches this channel. So let's start off with people that are not subscribed to the channel. These are folks who uh, stumble across my videos in search or through an algorithm or something like that. And uh, nearly all of the people who watched this channel initially found it in that way. And you can see that a bulk of the viewers that I'm getting are over the age of 25. And something makes me wonder here if YouTube's algorithm also takes into account uh, who's likely to watch the video. So it may put my video in front of less younger viewers and in front of more older viewers to uh, try to maintain a successful way of retaining people on the YouTube platform. But as you can see here, 25 to 34 is the biggest bracket followed by uh, 35 to 44. I am 41 as of a couple of days ago. So uh, clearly that's a popular age bracket because I'm speaking to my uh, peers, I guess, on that one. Now take a look at the subscribers because although the chart does change scope from uh, maxing out at 35% to uh, maxing out at 30% here with the subscribe figures, uh, we see a lot more subscribers here, 35 to 44, than we see regular viewers. And that tells me that uh, when somebody in that age bracket does come to the channel, they look at the background here, they see stuff probably from their own childhood or whatever, and there's an immediate connection between my age, uh, the stuff in the background, and the things that I'm talking about, which I think leads to them uh, to subscribe, as you can see here. So we have a very almost tie here between 25 to 34 year olds and 35 to 44 year olds. Uh, as far as people who subscribe to the channel and the 45 to 54 year old age bracket also gets an uptick here. And part of my theory is right now is that YouTube is starting to attract more older viewers as more older people like myself are uh, doing content here. So I think that's going to help uh, grow the channel moving forward as well. Now, even though us older people are dominating the chart here, uh, that does not mean my younger viewers are not important to me. In fact, you are very important to me because the suggestions that come from the younger viewers often lead to video topics that the older viewers are interested in. So there is a symbiotic relationship here that uh, is very critical to me, and I value uh, the youth of this channel because it does help me, as I'm getting older, uh, spot things that I might have otherwise missed. And I greatly appreciate all the feedback you've all been providing to me. And some of you want me to change the background. That's not going to change. I might make it look a little nicer, but I do think there's some value to enjoying the past while we talk about the future. And this next question comes in from Louis Placeris, 
who is curious about GearBest.com and what the experiences I've had importing computers from them have been. And uh, I have not had a bad experience importing computers from them, even before they were uh, sending things to the channel for us to review. I did pay with my PayPal account, and uh, the process worked pretty quickly, although the shipping time was probably about uh, two or three weeks or so, depending on the item. I have found that the things that they send us to review as samples uh, usually get here in a couple of days. As a consumer buying stuff, it did take about a week or two or more sometimes, depending on what the item was. I don't know if it was just stock issues or uh, issues related to customs or whatever, but I have found, again, that the purchasing shipping time was a bit lengthy, but uh, the item did come in in good shape when it arrived. However, a couple of viewers have mentioned that they've been put through some order verifications. And the first one didn't concern me too much, maybe a little bit, uh, which is that they were asking viewers or customers to send in a copy of some kind of bill, like a utility bill or a uh, maybe like in this case a Southwest rewards bill or something, just to uh, indicate that they have a valid proof of their home address where things are being shipped to, and they want a a photograph of the credit card in use. Now, I have not gone through this process because I have paid with PayPal in the past, and another viewer just wrote in to say that uh, they wanted his driver's license and passport photo, which to me seems like a little too much. But I would love to get from you what experiences you've had with GearBest just to make sure they're uh, still doing things on the up and up because they are an overseas company. Uh, This verification process is necessary sometimes for them to make sure that they don't get defrauded. I'm sure they have a lot of fraud that they deal with being an international company, but I just would like to get some experiences from all of you. Again, I haven't had to go through this verification using PayPal because they do a lot of validation, but some people may have had to go through that. So again, I just wanted to get some experiences from all of you down below in the comments. And Patrick Schmitzer writes in about a product I reviewed a couple of years ago called the Canary Security Camera. It was something I was actually pretty fond of and uh, recommended it to people who were looking for something simple to uh, monitor some rooms in their house and whatnot. At the time, it was a pretty good uh, value, I thought, because it had some good degree of functionality, even if you did not opt for their subscription plan. Now, in full disclosure, they did send me a camera free of charge to review on the channel, and I'm still using it uh, down here in the studio. But a couple of months ago, things changed, and uh, Patrick reminded me of something I wanted to talk about, which I'm going to talk about now. So I've got the uh, app up here, and uh, you can see some of the events that it detected earlier today. So what I can do here is click the play button and play back a motion event that it picked up. Now, you're going to notice something here at the top. It says, access full videos, activate your membership. Now, membership costs 10 bucks a month or $100 a year for a single camera. And uh, what it used to do was play the entire motion event. Uh, now, the most it'll give you is 30 seconds of that event. So they've taken away uh, the full-length recording feature that was available for free initially with the product. And what gets me is that the product was more expensive two years ago when it first came out. It was about $200 or $250. And uh, this was some of the value of the product was that it would store these videos for free on their server so you could download them if somebody were to break into your house. Uh, now, it's only going to give you about 30 seconds or so after that motion event started. So if somebody came down here and I was totally trashing the place for a half an hour. It won't give me a half an hour of video, just maybe the first 10 to 30 seconds of that video. The worst part is, is that you can no longer download the video either, which you used to be able to do. So if I click on the share button here, which would have prompted me to get a download, uh, now I've got to activate the membership and pay a monthly fee to get access to something that I once had access to for free. And 
And I think for a lot of paying customers, this feels like a bait and switch. They bought this product with the premise that they could download these videos, have full-length videos stored on the server, and uh, now that's been taken away. Even on the free plan, there were some limitations at the beginning of the product in that if you didn't download that video within 12 hours, it would go away, and they only stored five videos at a time. But now, uh, even though the video length has been extended to 24 hours, you're only getting a small snippet, and you can no longer download it. So unless you pay them uh, and somebody breaks into your house, you've got no way of really showing the authorities anything useful, I guess, unless you uh, hook the phone up to a capture card or something and uh, do it that way. So that was the uh, first big issue with it. And the other feature they stripped away is something called night mode. And what that would do is have the camera uh, monitor things while you were sleeping, uh, but it would not push a notification out. So when you woke up in the morning, you could go back to your timeline and look at everything to see if something happened inside the house at night. Maybe the dog was acting up or whatever. Uh, now, if you select night mode without the uh, account uh, thing with them, uh, you're getting prompted here with more spam to activate your membership. So I wanted to show you just a quick breakdown here of all the changes that have been made to this product. And this is one of the pitfalls of these cloud-dependent security cameras. They can change the way the product works anytime, and you may have less of a product than you had when you initially bought it, which is definitely the case here. So first issue, of course, is the fact that we no longer have the same video storage that we had before. So before it would record a full-length video for 12 hours, keep five of those recordings at any given time. Uh, now it's only storing 30-second video clips. It does give you 24 hours with some more recordings, but these clips are so short, they may not be that useful uh, versus having a full-length recording. Uh, before in 2015, you could do a live recording of your camera at any time. Now you can't do that unless you pay for the subscription. You can no longer download recordings. The night mode, as I mentioned, doesn't work either. And they even made the monthly plan more expensive. So initially, it was $9.99 for four devices. Uh, now it's $9.99 for one device. If you want to go beyond that, uh, you're going to be paying about $15 a month. So really just a poor practice here. And of course, the company probably wanted to get as many of these things out there initially, and they probably succeeded at that. Now they're realizing the cost involved in doing that, and they're scaling back features. But I think it's just poor practice, and I don't know if it's illegal or not. They probably have something in their terms of service that says they can change how the product works anytime they want. But it's really prompting me to take a second look at uh, some of these cloud-dependent security cameras because it may just change its functionality completely. And I'm going to be really looking for things now that don't require a monthly fee to operate. I'm more than happy to pay a fair price for a product up front that works the same way throughout its lifespan uh, versus something like this where they take features away and want more money out of you to get those features back. Poor practice and shame on Canary for that. And now it's time for a Q&A for you. And you probably noticed we've been talking about doing a live stream for the last two and a half weeks and we haven't gotten to it yet, uh, partly because I'm so busy trying to just get the four videos a week that I post on top of the wrap-up done that by the end of the week, I just run out of time. There's been a lot of stuff, bad, not bad things, but just family things that I've been having to do in the middle of the day too. So uh, hopefully I will get the decks cleared here. And my thought process is, is that I need to come up with a set time, promise it and stick to it. Uh, and that is what I'm probably going to be doing. What I want to do is come up with a regular time. I think we're going to start maybe every other week or maybe once a month to begin with. Uh, where we pick a date and time that we stick to all the time for the live stream unless I'm traveling or something like that. So my thought at the moment is given the workload here and when we seem to be the lightest insofar as workload is concerned uh, is to look at maybe doing Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern time. I don't know how that works for all of you. I got viewers all over the world, so it's hard to say what works and what doesn't, but I would love to get your feedback on that time. And if that doesn't work for you, I know I'm opening up a real can of worms here. Uh, let me know down in the comments what times you 
you think are the best time to do a live stream? I'm trying to avoid the evenings because of family time and everything, but uh, if we can maybe do a little later in the evening, it might mean a shorter live stream. But again, just give me some feedback on that Friday at 3 p.m. thing, and uh, we'll start doing some planning around that. The first live stream will be about that uh, external graphics solution for cheap computers, and then we'll come up with a different topic each week to live stream and, of course, take your questions as well. But I don't think I can really do any other day uh, but Friday at this point, given uh, the workload here on the channel. So do let me know down in the comments below. And our channel of the week this week is one that I think a lot of you have heard about, but perhaps some of the older viewers haven't. Uh, Cinemassacre, which is the home of the angry video game nerd. Uh, now, in full disclosure, this may not be the most uh, advertiser-friendly channel in the uh, current uh, context of what YouTube deems acceptable content for advertisers, but it is a very entertaining channel. There's about a decade's worth of content up here where the angry video game nerd does a fantastic job of lampooning a lot of bad games and also occasionally showing you some good video games from uh, my favorite era of video gaming, the 8 and 16-bit time, and uh, the channel has grown quite a bit. They do a lot of uh, uh, Let's Plays and other things as well. Really good stuff. They do movie reviews from time to time, and uh, James uh, Rolf, who is the uh, star of the Angry Video Game Nerd, and his buddy Mike run the channel, and James is just a, uh, he's a gifted guy at what he does, very creative, very thoughtful um, on movie reviews and other stuff that he does, and I've been a big fan of theirs for a long time. There's a lot of people who watch this channel, and I hope uh, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, you definitely check it out. They have the entire Angry Video Game Nerd seasons broken out into these really super long videos. You can just let it run and uh, play through each season if you want to make sure you didn't miss anything, or you can do them uh, one game at a time. Uh, he just did a great one for Halloween that you should definitely check out on his channel there, and that is Cinemassacre. So this week, I've got a couple of things planned. The first, of course, is that Moto X4 that I talked about, so be on the lookout for that. We have been doing a lot of phones lately, but there's just been a lot of phones out in the U.S market here that I think are appealing to folks. I'm also going to take a look at this Yale door lock, and uh, this is another smart lock, and my wife has given me permission to install it on one of the doors upstairs. The uh, other one we did was on the door down here, which is my door, but the rest of the doors are hers, uh, and she uh, did give me permission to set it up, so I'm going to start working on this in the next day or two and hopefully have a full review of this. Now, what's interesting about this lock is that you have to buy one based on the home hub that you're using. Uh, so the one that I got sent through the Amazon Vine program only works with Apple HomeKit, but they have versions that work with other uh, providers also. So the hardware will be relevant across the board, but the software functionality in this review is going to be limited to the uh, Apple and iOS platform. We'll have some thoughts on that. I'm also planning to do something on my current in-home TV setup as of 2017. We've been doing this big, long series about my 2017 DVR project, and there's a lot of bits and pieces there, but no concise thing about exactly what I've got set up in a very short period of time. So I am shooting to have a video that will be less than 10 minutes in length, kind of detail my entire setup as it exists at the moment. And then as things change, as we move forward, I'll uh, make some amendments to that. But I wanted to show you what I am using, and then I'll also mention along the way some less expensive alternatives to what I have as I am uh, working my way through that video. I'd love to get some suggestions from all of you down below. I plan to shoot that uh, probably uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, so let me know. Uh, down in the comments below what your thoughts are on that video. And if you want to help the channel, you can go to lon.tv slash Patreon and make a monthly contribution to the channel. We also have the tip jar set up at lon.tv slash tip jar. And of course, we've got PayPal for a one-time contribution if you are outside the United States. 
We also have our ongoing relationship with Plex. In addition to what I mentioned at the outset, if you sign up at lon.tv slash Plex without a credit card, we also get a small commission for that. But of course, we do better if you sign up for the full uh, Plex account, as I mentioned at the outset. But there's plenty of ways to help with the uh, Plex accounts there. We have a number of channels for you to tune into if you haven't uh, tuned into them already. The Extras channel is at lon.tv slash Extras for unboxings and supplementary content. I put a little less effort into these, but they are shorter little tidbits that often uh, supplement the main stuff we do on this channel. Uh, We have a podcast feed, which is an audio version of this. And a lot of you have been finding that. My traffic has been growing quite significantly there. At some point, I might start doing an additional audio-only thing there uh, that I am looking to be doing soon. Once I get, again, my schedule figured out, I think I might do something with that in audio form. We have the Snippets channel at lon.tv slash snippets. Our Vidme channel is largely the extras channel at lon.tv slash vidme. You've got to stay on all these platforms these days. And we have an archive of prior live streams at lon.tv slash live streams if you want to see some of the stuff I've done in the past to make some recommendations. I also suggest you click on the bell. They call that ringing the bell. Uh, if you want to get notified every time I do anything on YouTube, and you can do that on all of the channels you just saw there so you don't miss anything that I upload. And of course, we've got the email list at lon.tv slash email, lon.tv slash Facebook for my Facebook page and the store where I sell things that I have uh, purchased here to review on the channel that I'm now getting rid of. And I just added a whole bunch of stuff uh, this week. So check it out. It even lowered prices of some things as well. So uh, do check out the store. If you want to make a deal, uh, email me at lon at lon.tv with your best offer on the item and we can haggle it out a little bit more if you don't like the price you see there. If you want to get notified every time I do something new on the store. You can sign up for a separate email list called Store Alert, where I will do that for you. And check that out. A bunch of you got notified with that most recent change. And that's going to do it for this week here on the channel. Thank you all for your continued support. Got a lot of stuff coming up. And again, hopefully we'll get that live stream scheduled and regularly appearing here on the channel as we go. Again, it's just been a little tough in the last two or three weeks trying to get the time to do it, but I am really eager to get that going. I think if we set a time and I'll stick to it, uh, we should have that live stream happening shortly. So that's going to do it. Thank you all again, and uh, we'll be back again next week. And of course, the rest of the week will be filled with lots of new gadgets to check out. This is Lon Sivan. Thanks for watching. This channel is brought to you by my Patreon supporters, including Gold Level supporters, the Black Eyed and Blues Music Hour podcast, Chris Allegretta, and Kalyan Kumar. If you want to help the channel, you can by contributing as little as a dollar a month. Head over to lon.tv slash Patreon to learn more. And don't forget to subscribe. Visit lon.tv slash s.